Hello everyone, welcome to Perfect Porridge. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to mention the platform I use to produce this podcast, Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast for three reasons. One, it's a podcast-specific platform, so it has all the tools you'll need to make a great show. Two, it's designed for beginners, so it's extremely user-friendly. And three, you can get paid regardless of listenership. Check it out and start your podcast today. A quick disclaimer, I'm in no way a medical professional, nor is any of what I discuss medical advice or opinion. This episode features personal anecdotes and personal reflections and takeaways. my friends. Welcome, welcome. Happy Friday. I'm your host, Catherine, and welcome back to Perfect Porridge, the podcast where we talk about navigating young adulthood and discovering what's just right for me. Episode four. My goodness. (laughs) This past month has gone by so fast. Thank you all so much for your support this month via social and my Patreon and your general listenership. I'm truly and unbelievably so grateful for all of you. Today's episode is part two of my journey from my greatest critic to my greatest supporter. In part one, I talked about recognizing myself as a unique, multifaceted person that doesn't have to fit into a specific brand or niche, and who can't control other people's perceptions. I also talked about moving away from constant self-critique by treating myself like a friend, which is what I want to expand upon in this episode. The main way I've been treating myself as a friend in the past few months is by treating myself with kindness. Primarily, by not comparing my life and circumstances and situations to others. Not ranking my experiences to others because they are my own. Not appraising my existence. And I want to give an example of this through a story. And this story does touch on emotional manipulation and narcissism. So if that is not something you are comfortable listening to, I'd suggest skipping this episode. For those of you who have been following me on TikTok for a while, you've probably already heard about this. But for those of you who have not, I had a impactful, to say the least, experience in Paris this past August and September. Let me provide some context, set the stage. I was in Paris from August 18th to September 6th, 2021. And this was not a trip that I planned in advance. I was supposed to be in Bulgaria completing an internship from July 27th to October 4th. But the internship did not turn out the way that I expected. And I was not, I was just not gaining the skills I went there to gain. 
one of my professors was there with me and we both decided this wasn't a good place for me to be and that I was going to go home after the end of the program. We were both facilitating. So our Paris story starts when I was FaceTiming this guy three days before I was set to fly back to the US. Well, um, we'll call him Edward. And I was friends with Edward and he lived in Paris. I was telling him about the whole fiasco of the past three weeks. And we're joking, we're laughing back and forth, and he goes, come out to Paris. And I'm like, no, I can't. You know, I already have my flight sorted out. I can't afford another one to Paris. You know, I, I couldn't afford to go fly from Bulgaria to Paris and then Paris back to the States. That's like $700, if that, like even more probably. And we go back and forth a little bit. And eventually he says, I'll fly you out. <laughs> You'll fly me out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Obviously, I'm going to go then. Someone offers to fly me out to Paris. I'm going to Paris. So I decide in literally two hours to make this trip. And there was all this nonsense around the flights. And I was super nauseous the whole day that I was traveling. I mean, granted, I was also very close to my period. And do you know, any of you who menstruate, do you get that thing where... You kind of get a little constipated, but it's weird. It's like a gassiness. I don't, this isn't relevant, but I was just super nauseous that whole time, which is was probably a sign I shouldn't have gone, but you know. So I get there and all is great for the first two to three days. Edward lived a little bit outside of the city, not actually, you know, in the city limits of Paris itself, but one right, right outside. So it's super easy to get in, in and out. And I just took those two to three days to relax, hang out, and de-stress from the whole internship situation. Things started to go south on the third or fourth day. We decided to go for a walk in a park like 15 minutes from his apartment. We get there and he suggests that I lead. He says, I always find it interesting to... Okay, I didn't use that. <laughs> I should use a different voice from him. He's like, I always find it interesting to see how people lead around a space. And I'll tell you what I think at the end. I, <laughs> I love how I'm using a frat guy voice from him. Anyways, so me loving personality quizzes and personal analysis. I said, um, yeah. Absolutely. Let's fucking do this. I was so excited. I have probably spent, in high school, I probably spent a cumulative of a month. Like, if you total up all the hours I spent on BuzzFeed quizzes or personality quizzes all throughout high school, it would probably total an entire month. So I was excited for this. We're walking around. He is pretty silent most of the time. His vibe, his energy was kind of off. It's just, you it felt weird. And we walk for probably 20, 25 minutes. And we sit down by this fountain. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to hear. And he just sits there. It's kind of quiet, like I said. And he responds with, okay, are you sure? Like, do you promise not to get mad? And when anyone starts something like that, you should know. You should know off the bat, this is not going to go well. But I, I'm like, okay, yeah, of course, like hit me with it. He then proceeds to list a bunch of very, 
intense and unexpected, I don't even know what to call them. Like, I don't want to say personality traits because they weren't personality traits, but personality traits and habits of mine that he observed during the walk. He said, your automatic response to everything is no. You give these hard no's to things that don't, that don't require them. Mind you, his reference for that was in the middle of the walk. He turned to me and he asked, like, do you want to cross the bridge to the other side? Because in this park, there were two sides and they're both connected by this, this big bridge. And I said no pretty quickly and definitively because I was leading the walk and I didn't want to. And there was another situation where we were in the grocery store and, and I said, like, no, I don't think that's right to something. I, I don't know. He also said something like, he also said in his observations, you can never stay on the perfect path and you'll, you'll be on a perfect trail and you'll just have to go somewhere else. All these other things. I won't dive into all the details. But needless to say, I did not expect any of this. I expected him to be like, oh, you tend to take obscure paths or take more lefts than rights. Or basic, you know, silly stuff. This was not the case, so I immediately shut down. That's my response to unexpected vulnerability. I, I retreat inwards, I get quiet, my mood completely shifts. If any of you are familiar with Enneagrams, I'm an eight, so my point of disintegration, I think that's what it's called, is five. So I, I retreat inwards. But I'm trying to play this off and not show him that I'm upset. We continue our walk and we go to that other side of the park that he was talking about. We sit down to eat some snacks. When he makes this proposal, he says, we have two options for these two and a half weeks that I'm in Paris. We can use the time to grow and have meaningful development, or we can just be fun, be casual, go shopping, you know, he says, he says, I've done that before and that's fine, but, but he phrased it in a way that was like, if you don't choose this first option, you're shallow. And I was also at a point where my ex and I had broken up literally only a month before, and I had made the decision to focus on, on self-development. So I chose that first option and I thought, okay, this is going to be good. Like a shadow work intensive. And boy, was it. Edward proceeded to spend every single day of the next week telling me things that he thought were wrong with me and that I needed to fix. And I had conversations with him early on, like, hey, I'm fine doing some self-development. I want that, but I can't do it every single day. And I told him, I can't focus on reflecting on your suggestions and making these changes because I'm spending so much time just trying not to make you mad. Because they weren't even suggestions. We would be totally fine. And then the mood would shift and he would go into telling me these things that I did and why they were bad. And when I tried to explain my perspective, he would completely negate it and be like, no. That's not what happened. That's not what you did. And I, let's, let's put it on the record that this man did not have any qualifications to be saying these things. 
not even a bachelor's degree in psych. And I also want to note that it wasn't a week and a half of constant critique. It was interspersed with fun day trips and dinners and drinking wine on the Seine. I think that's how you say that. And whenever I would express how shitty I was feeling, he would tell me that he only did this with people that he cared about and told me that he loved me. And, you know, let's make it clear, not in a, oh my god, I love you, like super romantic way, but in a, I knew he meant it as like a, I love you in a person type way. Which, either way, was weird because I had only met this man in person one time before in the shallow end of a pool at a 4th of July party two years earlier. And, we, you know, we had stayed talking since then as friends and spoke about poetry and spirituality and all these deep, significant things, which is why I was comfortable flying to him in the first place. It wasn't like I hopped on a plane to go stay with a man who's tongue had been in my mouth one time. <laughs> I I really felt like I, he was a good person and I was going into a good situation. Another context thing, gosh, I feel like I'm saying, and another, and also every two seconds, but I should mention that throughout this, we were very much acting like a couple as well. I was sleeping in his bed with him. Actually, pause. I know I just paused the story, but this is important. I didn't know that he shared an apartment with other people. I thought he had his own and that I would just, you know, stay on his couch. That was not the case. And I unintentionally put myself in a there's only one bed situation. I know you Wattpad and AO3 girlies will appreciate. <laughs> um. Anyways, anyways. I was sleeping in his bed with him. We... we kissed. We held hands. We were very physically comfortable with each other and we settled into a relationship dynamic automatically. And that was possible because both of our personalities and we both knew that it was only a two-week thing. So just the way we both were, we were fine acting like we'd been in a relationship for several years at that point for the two weeks. But I mention all of this to give you context on what the situation was like for me, so you can better understand. Eventually, I call my sister one day, asking her for advice on how to handle a situation, because he had kicked me out of his room at one point after this whole argument, and I didn't know what to do. And she says, Catherine, this is not normal. This is not safe. You should not be there and you need to leave. We go back and forth a bit because I I didn't recognize that until that point. I mean, yeah, I didn't like the situation, but I thought because what some of what he was telling me was true or what I thought was true, I thought, okay, this is just really an intense shadow work thing. Um... This is the universe's way of saying, babe, if you don't want to deal with trauma, we will make you. So I go back and forth with my sister. And then yet another argument with this man happens. And I decide, okay, I'm leaving. I'm getting an Airbnb. So I did. I left. And I spent the remaining week I had in Paris by myself. 
actually almost left at like 1.30 in the morning and was planning to be totally gone by the time he woke up, you know, just disappear into the night. But I didn't want to pack my stuff by, by flashlight, by candlelight. So I said, okay, I'll wait until the morning. And he woke up to me with all my stuff essentially packed. And I told him, hey, I decided to get an Airbnb. I'm going to spend the rest of the week by myself. I have not spoken to Edward since. Number one, thank you all for listening to that. I appreciate you giving me the space to be open about this. And number two, how does this all connect to treating myself with kindness? What the, what the point of this episode is? <laughs> I got back to the States on September 6th, and the rest of the month was hard. I was spending recklessly. I was sleeping very little and irregularly. I was struggling to focus on anything. And I spent almost every day moving through this cycle of manic type behavior, which would transition to this empty feeling, which then transitioned into aggressively sobbing almost every night. And I spent so much of that month judging myself and trying to minimize my experience. I would say to myself, there are people who have been in abusive, manipulative relationships for years. Who am I to feel this way after only a week and a half? I don't deserve to feel like this. I was also having a hard time being back in the States. And I felt like I was being that girl who goes abroad on spring break and comes back being like, Salut! Oop! Sorry. I mean, hey. That's that's how we say hey in, in France. Because I've, n- I've never had an issue coming back from being abroad before. I've always intentionally avoided talking about my time abroad because I don't want to be that girl or that person. I was fortunate enough to have a therapist who I could talk to and my friends and family during the time. So I was able to talk about how I was feeling without feeling like I was being judged. But it took me a while to accept that I was allowed to feel those emotions. Those five weeks that I was abroad were more emotionally tolling and brought up more unconscious dilemmas and beliefs than ever before in my life, and brought them up in an environment that was not safe nor conducive to healthy processing. So while yes, the whole situation only lasted a week and a half, it brought up wounds that have been there for years. And comparing my experiences to the experiences of others was not going to do anything but inhibit my healing. Treating myself with kindness is engaging in self-compassion. For the Edwards situation, it's reminding myself that regardless of whether or not what he told me about myself was true, it does not excuse his actions and the way he treated me. Treating myself with kindness is just holding myself 
when I cry, and not intellectualizing every aspect of my emotions. Treating myself with kindness is treating myself like a friend because I am my friend. At the end of the day, I am my only friend. I am the only person who's going to be there for me forever, who I live with every single day, and who I have a responsibility to love. Thank you so much for listening, my friends. If you have gone through a similar situation, know that my heart is with you and you are not responsible for someone treating you poorly. In next week's episode, we'll be talking about self-compassion versus self-pity and my relationship with holding myself accountable. To support this podcast and receive access to exclusive content, subscribe to my Patreon at Kitty Starchild and follow the podcast's Instagram at Perfect Porch Podcast and my TikTok at Kitty Starchild. Thank you all again. I love you. And I will talk to you next week.